Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome to another episode of the Backdoor Cut Show. The show bringing you the hot takes about the Memphis Grizzlies. Coming to you live on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel or the Barn Burner Podcast Network. You can subscribe to the podcast version of this show everywhere you get your pods. Just search for Backdoor Cut Show. Subscribe, leave us a rating and review. That'd be cool. Um, on today's show, which is our 100th episode of the Backdoor Cut, the hey. Centennial, baby. Uh, on today's show, it's an exciting show. The Grizzlies have won, won four in a row, went 3-0 and in the last week. So we'll discuss those games. We'll also discuss the game against the Minnesota Timberwolves that was canceled due to the health and safety protocols. We might even dive into the protocols a little bit. There's been a lot of talk about about that this week. George Hill had some strong words. Um, also, there was a trade in the NBA, so I think we'll get Man. to that. Um, and then we'll take a look at the Grizzlies' upcoming schedule, starting with Monday's Martin Luther King Jr. Day game against Phoenix, which looks like it's going to take place. But before we get into all that, I got to toss it over to the homie Rich. Rich, what's good? Hey, yo, I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm chilling. I'm chilling. Uh, looking forward to talking about everything that you just mentioned. It was a, a crazy ass week in the league, you know, as a whole. But shit, like you said, the Grizz went undefeated during that whole. So I mean, this team, man, this team is just well, we gonna get into it. But yeah, man, they, they they get me hyped. They get me hyped for sure. <laughs> me too. And I mean, I I don't know if it's rightfully so or not. You know, <laughs> yeah. But... yeah. So, so let's just start at the top of last week. Uh, the Grizz were in Cleveland. We had lost to a Cavs team that was missing Darius Garland and Colin Sexton. Uh, and basically the Grizzlies' worst game of the season so far, of the 12 games we played so far. And I guess we should go ahead and mention that the Grizzlies are 6-6, six and six, 500 through those 12 games. And, uh, yeah, so, so back to Monday in Cleveland. Really ugly game. Uh I you can say it's because both of these teams are two of the top defensive teams in the league, but uh, it, they're also two of the worst offensive teams in the league. So it was a really ugly one. Again, no Sexton Garland, no Kevin Love for them. Uh, Dylan led us with twenty one seven and three. I mean, I don't have a lot to say about that game, Rich. Do, do you want to chime in anything from that one? Yeah, I mean, I just I just was glad that they pulled the dub out with that one. Like that one losing like back to back to the Cavs would have been like super disheartening. That was just one of the ones that, you know, they needed to win that game. Um, and I was glad to see them get over that hump uh, and beat the Cavs in Cleveland. Uh, Kyle was dishing that. I think he had like nine assists or what have you. Um, and yeah, it was just a, a collective team effort. Dylan got his 20 plus, um, but they just, you know, played a solid game. Like you said, it wasn't exciting by any means. Um, it wasn't a, 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 
that fun of a watch. But I mean, they battled and they clawed their way back. And I think uh, Shetty Osman for the Cavs had a really a rough going after, you know, fucking just shooting lights out in the first game. Um, so they were able to contain him a little bit. Uh, Drummond did what Drummond does and gobble up rebounds and, you know, seemingly have gaudy stats. But I just don't see the impact when he's out there on the court. Um, but yeah, Cleveland has a very interesting w- roster. I will say Larry Nance, uh, Larry Nance has just continued to develop into a solid NBA player uh, from his time as a rookie with the Lakers. Uh, but yeah, just really glad that the Grizz battled out. Got some uh, Tim Frazier minutes in that game. Um, shout out to my boy, Tim Frazier. He's a straight Jesuit high school graduate where my little brother is currently a freshman. Oh, let's uh, go. In Houston, Texas. So, you know, hopefully my, my, my little brother can continue the Tim Frazier legacy. Uh, and, and, you know, go league. Who knows? We'll see. <laughs> hey, I'm with it. I'm with it. Um, yeah, so, so like we said, an ugly game. Um, Tyus, 13-7-5 and five in that one. Mm-hmm. And, and Brandon Clark, who had a really good week, had 15 points in this one. So kind of continued the turnaround that we've seen. And, yeah, it's, it's nice to know that Larry Nance can, in fact, miss a shot. Yeah, I'm just like, bro, like, yo, I'm like, is this, this the, dude, the most improved player ever? Like, <laughs> <laughs> shit, Larry. Uh, all right. And then uh, so moving on on Wednesday, we stayed on the road in Minnesota, snowy Minnesota. I saw that the team, some members of the team um, did go to the George Floyd mural out there. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, safely, of course, with, with the guys in their bubble. Um, no one look, doing anything reckless or anything like that. But honestly, that's one of those opportunities that uh, you want to get out there and just kind of see even no matter how harrowing of an experience it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, but back to the game, Grizzlies won 118-107. Um, and, and this was a game Minnesota led a lot of the game. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of like, oh, shit, like, are we going to lose to Minnesota? <laughs> like right, right, like right. Cleveland and then Minnesota, two of the, you know, basically expected worst teams in the league. Uh, Beasley was getting off 28, six and five. Yeah. It was, uh, and then D'Lo too, he had 25 and eight mm-hmm. and Towns 25 and 14. So really they got the production they wanted from their big three. But yeah. to me, it, it seemed like in the fourth quarter, we just said, we, all right, we're going to turn it on. Switched and they just, Fucking, there was a whole sequence. Like, I saw, like, a, a breakdown on Twitter, I think, from a Timberwolves fan, and it was literally, like, the game cast from, like, when, when like, Grayson hit that first three, and then they just, like, avalanche from there. Dylan hit a three. Grayson hit a three. Uh, dry, and, like, the Grizzlies literally just flipped the script, and they just turned over the game, and you look up on the broadcast, and it shows, like, the run that they're on, and it's just like, shit, like, they they just, they, they got off. We erased a 10 or a 10 or 11-point lead in, like, two minutes. Crazy. And it was just defense. And like you said, mm-hmm. we hit a couple threes back to back. Um, JV in this one had 24 and 16. Yeah. Uh, so that, that was good to see. Uh, and then Grayson, the, the Grayson Allen game. We got Bubble Grayson back. Yeah. Grayson, he's shooting that hoe. Yeah. So good to see. You know, anytime, and, and we'll get into this a little bit later, Grayson has been pretty polarizing the past couple weeks and really ever since we've got him. But, uh, no matter how you feel about him, when you have a shooter on your team, it's good to see him make some shots. <laughs> and he wasn't oh, yeah. doing that in, uh, earlier right. in the season. So right. to see him getting that confidence going, it's, it's another option. And, and it's up to Jenkins how he wants to uh, throw out those options. And we'll get into it. I know that Grayson has been highly debatable uh, these yeah, past couple right. games. Um, but he had 20 points against the Wolves on Wednesday. And then BC, as I mentioned, continued a monster 
Monster Week, 19 and 9. Milton gave us 15. And then uh, my latest man crush, Rich, Xavier okay. Tillman. Man. 12, man. 5, and 3 in this Grown one. Grown man. Grown man, but soft spoken, baby. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do it to me nice, Zay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, in, in this game hey. against the Wolves, it's just, it, like I said, it seemed like we just turned on that they switch. Did. I didn't know X had a fucking little floater runner in his bag. Like, he's just out here. Yo, like, I got some skills. Like, yeah. I was like, shit, X, I see you, bro. It, it was like we were one of these big, big time playoff contenders, and it's like, all right, we about to lock up right, and, so uh, you know, Bees and D'Lo ain't going to get off no more. And, and that's what we did. We just turned our defense on. And as I mentioned earlier uh, on the season, we are sixth in defensive rating. And I would not have expected that from this team coming yeah, in, man. especially without. They like have like a four game streak or five, six game streak of holding their opponents under 110 or something like that, which is yeah. just like crazy. Yeah. And I mean, especially without Jaron Jackson, who's, Probably our best rim protector. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, coming into the season, we thought that at least. And then um Justice Winslow, yeah, who's Justice supposed to be our be second best perimeter Swiss Army knife. Yeah. And um, so supposedly those two guys are getting closer to coming back. Uh oh, you know, Jaron told Mark Spears of the Undefeated, mm-hmm. my boy Mark Spears, shout out Spears. Shout out Spears. Um that it was going to sneak up on us. So, you I was know. like, all right, Darren, you you getting that toilet paper off the top shelf and shit. That's cool, man, <laughs> but come on. What's up, bro? Just just keep – I know Mark was like, bro, just just tell me. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, it, it's the most Jaren, you know, 20-year-old so 20, 20 goofy-ass <laughs> answer <laughs> mixed with the Grizzlies, just ability to say nothing at all anytime they provide updates. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's going to sneak up on you. Like, well, can it sneak up a little quicker? Like, I'm trying to get better. <laughs> come on. I wanted to see you on MLK Day on national television, dog. And, and, and there's still, I think, some thought – uh, amongst the like the beat writers and people close to the team that Justice will be back before Jaron. Yeah. So this thing could snowball real quickly. We got Ja back in the game on mm-hmm. Saturday, which we'll get to in a minute. We kind of diverged here into talking about our injuries in our team, which is fine. Um, but, I mean, Justice is this unicorn. Like, we've never seen him play. He's been on the team almost yeah. a year. Almost a year. That's crazy. And he's been getting close ever since we got him. <laughs> like, so I, are you that's buying right. it that he's close? Look, man, that, that's the one that's just – because, like, we just don't know. Like, we saw – what was it? The small clip in the bubble, right? When I think, like, Justice had did this, like, dope drive to the basket. I think Jaron contested. And he was like, oh, shit, like, Justice, he's ready. And, you know, the hip situation happened. And I'm not going to lie. When the hip situation happened, I was just like, okay, I get it. The bubble precaution. He'll be ready to go next year. Cool. No. Right. Yep. Then, you know, we get the updates. The season starts. And, you know, from all accounts and purposes, Justice has been a great teammate, uh, super supportive, super hype. Him and Jaren seem to have a really dope relationship uh, off the court. But it's just like it's at some point, And I know Justice has like responded to some 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 trolls on Twitter and, you know, always just talked about, you know, I'm rehabbing every day, every day. It is, and it's just like, damn, was this shit more extensive than the Grizzlies were letting on? Like what? Like, what, what is this? You know, because that, that shit, you know, it's, it's crazy. And I'm all for health. I'm all for taking the time you need. Um, but, damn, the transparency in this has been lacking like crazy. To your point, you know, Justice has been on the team for a year, and we've yet to see him suit up. Um, 
And so, you know, I hope that he's close to back. And, you know, it's definitely going to be a shock. I think to everybody is going to be, oh, hallelujah. You know, justice is back. Um, but I don't I don't know when that when that time is coming. We can only go off of what they tell us, you know. Um, and it's just. Yeah, it- and with Very both vague. of these guys, uh, with jo- or not jo- Justice and Jaron, with both a checkered injury past and Jaron now in his third season, didn't finish either of his first two and hasn't played yet in his third mm-hmm. season. There's really, I guess, uh, three ways you can look at this if you want to take a hard stance. One, you can take the stance of uh, Sam, a.k.a. the barn chief, our resident pessimist slash realist, potentially. Uh, and that's that neither of these guys are ever going to be able to put together a full, full season. If the opportunity is there, like let's trade them. Not obviously not Jaron for anything insignificant. That would be an appeal trade. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but he there. So there's the, the barn chief way of thinking is like, they're not going to get better. Like they, they are who they are and you can't argue that line of thinking, but, it's just kind of how you choose to live your life right now as a Grizz fan. If you want to view the negative lens slash realist, or if you want to look at the positive side and say both of these guys are relatively young, Jaron just fucking is still growing. So his bones like are still maturing, you know? <laughs> so maybe this is just, I'm young. I'm a seven footer. This is what happens in the body. Once, th- once I'm past this, I'm going to be completely fine. The obvious comparison is Porzingis. That's scary. Yeah. Um, so you got you could be overly pessimistic, or you can say, you know, these guys are young, freak injuries. Uh, they're gonna be healthy, and, and they're just getting the injured games out of the way. And the rest of their career, they're gonna be extra healthy, and it's gonna make things even out. You know. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. Or you could kind of just be like me, and it's like. I don't fucking know. I'm not a doctor, so I'm going to wait and see. I would weigh every trade opportunity um, mm-hmm. for justice at this point. I'm, I'm not ready to do that for Jaron yet. If 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 the wizard said Bradley Bill is available for Jaron Jackson and, and some whatever makes that mm-hmm. work. But that is the main structure of the deal. Mm-hmm. Rich, are you a Grizzlies fan ready to do that? I just hit you yeah. super quick too. Yeah. And yeah. you are ready to do yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, I would do it. Bro, I bro, I do it for Levine. I'm not gonna lie to you. Okay. I do it for Levine. I think those are only two. Um, but it's you know, and I fucking love Jared, like super unicorn. I think Bleacher Report did like a ranking this past week of top duos under 25. We were number two. And you, you know, they spoke, to, they spoke to how seamless the fit is between Jaron and Ja, you know, this this huge unicorn, you know, able to play with this slashing point guard who can drive and kick to him, break down the defense, you know, push the tempo. Um, and it's promising, right? We we have we we hit on the draft twice. You know, we have two Uber talents, you know, Ja is you know in a whole other stratosphere, but we have two Uber talents. Um, but like we said, we've had yet to see Jaron finish a complete season, and this is his third year. Um, and you know, we you you mentioned the Porzingis comparisons and you know, every I mean, anytime I see Jaron go down or anything, it's just, you know, you oh, shit, is he OK? Like, is he good? You know what I mean? And, I, and to your point, like, that's a great point of, you know, his body still developing. Dude is still young as shit, growing seven feet now. Um, and, you know, those those type of players just don't grow on trees. Um, they don't. Seven footers that are shooting the three like that, um, you know, and just have a and, and Jaron's a super high character guy as well. 
Um, seems like to be a great personality in the locker room, super easygoing, if you will. Um, but I just, I can't sit here and say that I wouldn't pull the trigger on a Bradley Bill trade just because we have to keep Jared, personally speaking, because we've seen Bill. Bill is a proven commodity. Bill is a 30-point-a-night-per-game threat every time he steps on the court. Um, and he's slogging with a shit-ass team organization that he is carrying on his back. Um, you know, Russ is cool. You know, don't get me wrong. You know, Russ, you know, can't discredit Russ. But, but Bill, man, you slot him in at the two here, man, that backcourt is scary. That's a yeah. scary sight. It, it definitely is. And let, I'm not ready to not do it. Uh, mm. I'm just – I. I don't feel like I'm educated enough on how Ja and Bill would play together. And, um, so, but yeah, anyway, there's, there's too many positive things going on to harp on, on the injuries for too long. But, <laughs> yeah. but my, the one thing that I was just thinking about as you were talking is who's a good comparison for Jaron, like who's been injured and got healthy or, you know, like a seven footer who stayed healthy. Mm-hmm. You got Durant who's seven foot mm-hmm. and relatively healthy, but he has missed, a couple whole seasons, yeah. Um, especially now, um, and then you got Giannis um, potentially, but and, and I mean, especially young Giannis. You think about how lean he was, but he he wasn't injured. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> like, uh, oh boy, in Chicago, I don't know if he's missed time. Uh, Marketing, yeah, yeah, I think he's missed some time. He's missed some time too. It's just, it's it's. I mean, carrying that much height and playing this game that's so heavy, man, it's a lot. You know, I mean, um, being a unicorn uh, ain't easy. It takes a, a hey, right. That's why I man. <laughs> All right, so uh, we we got off topic a little bit talking about our hell, our potential starters coming back. I'm not sure. I don't think Justice will be a starter when he gets back. I guess we can continue mm. this conversation right now because right. Kyle Anderson's been playing great, like the best basketball of his career. He's earned those minutes, and you can't. You yeah. can't just hand Justice Winslow minutes now. That's a fact. You know, fact. like he's he's gonna have to earn them, and either he comes in and looks good, and he's part of what you want to build for moving forward, or he's a trade asset because he's got a team option for next season, a uh, ten million yeah, expiring mean, potentially. He was he was brought here to be a starter, you know. He yeah, was brought here to be a starter. Um, you know, I think Kyle is the last tie to the previous regime um, as is. Um, but like you said, Kyle's been hooping, you know, he's fully healthy. Now he, he, the confidence just seems there. Like he, he's, he's back in his back, that ball handling, that dishing, you know, that three, you know, um, he, yeah. he's not hesitant or reluctant to shoot that. Um, and yeah, Kyle, I mean, he has been hooping. So, you know, justice, I mean, I, I, I'm anticipating he's coming back with a chip on his shoulder. I think he knows he has something to prove. Um, there's a lot of doubters. There's a lot of naysayers. There's a lot of people who still harp on the Grizzlies, even making that deal in general, you know, with, with Iggy and, and, and Jay and solo. Um, so he, he, he has a lot of, I think, expectations that, you know, I'm hoping he rises to the occasion and, and exceeds those. Um, cause there's some pressure there. Definitely. So, all right. All right. So, uh, moving forward to Friday, Friday's game in Minnesota was canceled after we played them on Wednesday. And the first reports were that Juancho, Hernan Gomez, and Ricky Rubio were in the health and safety protocols. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And then basically it was reported that Carl Anthony Towns had tested positive for COVID. Um, of course, scary as fuck. Yeah, man. Um, just to even read that um, on Twitter, where, wherever you get your news, we all get it on Twitter. It's a woge bomb usually. Yeah. Um, and, and just knowing what he and his family have gone through, losing his mother, then his statement when it's like to my niece and nephew, I promise I won't mm-hmm. end up in a box like grandma. Like, man, man just Talk sending my thoughts and prayers to Cass fan. Thoughts and family. prayers. All the love, uh, man. Um, so anyway, that game was canceled. And uh, I think I'm, I hate to come off the somber moment, but dude, the Wolves suck. Oh, they're, <laughs> they're fucking terrible. Like they're they're look, you you mentioned it earlier. Like they had D'Lo and Beasley, and I think Cat all had twenty. Um, you know what I'm saying? And, and I'm assuming this is their big three now. I mean, they're paying Malik Beasley like he's the third iteration of their big three. Um, and it's still, I mean, there was no flow. There was no just and, and I'm completely com- forgetting the fact that they have the number one overall pick on this roster as well. Um, yeah. Anthony Edwards, um, yeah. who was just kind of out there, um, just running, uh, you know, doing what he was doing. Uh, but yeah, I just this pairing, their immediate future. Uh, Minnesota is just not a impressive team. Um, I, I think I was guilty of over over hyping that D'Lo move like oh shit D'Lo's with his boy they're about to take off but it don't always work like that it ain't always that easy uh because they look terrible oh I mean here's the thing with D'Lo is you can you can look at the back of his basketball card and you're like oh he was he was a hooper but you watch him in the game he he can get buckets but he's not making a team better Mm -hmm. Uh, he's not playing defense and and this team they just uninspired like Beasley's 28 points were were great but pretty empty points like it's just no that team I mean the coach has got to go honestly I know it's a a family thing with the the Flip Saunders and Ryan Saunders and that whole organization but you can't you can't run an NBA organization like that um just by hiring your friends and and who the fans want you to hire basically like you got to make the tough decisions and and that organization is going nowhere you got the number one pick coming off the bench for who who's starting in front of him like you got the number six pick from the year before and i don't even think i heard his name the whole game yeah (laughs) like Like, and and they don't play hard like if our guys played like that i i would i it'd be hard to tune in every night like they do not play hard so uh sorry to the wolves fans and Uh, and, and here's the thing. If their pick is not top three this year, they lose it as part of that Wiggins. And so they have to be awful just to get reap any type of benefits, which goes into a larger thing about the draft. And should, you know, you be re- rewarded for sucking and sucking and sucking and never being good. And you wasted five, six years of Carl Anthony Towns career. Yep. How many years of Anthony Edwards career? You know, yes, he has been polarizing, but he has, you know, has some games where he almost scored 30 and mm-hmm. um, games where you don't hear from him. But to me, that's maybe more just organizational than it is to put on him on a talent like that. Yes, he's going to mm-hmm. be a rookie, but all right. Enough about the Wolves, man. <laughs> they suck. Thanks, Saturday. Man. The big game Saturday, Philly came to town, and once again, Rich, we caught a break. No MB. This is it. No MB. Who else was that? Oh, Seth Curry, their, their third uh-huh. leading scorer. Yep. 
Bro, I mean, you you know how people say, man, we can't catch a break? We can't stop catching breaks. Yeah, hey, shit, I'll take it. I'll fucking take it. It's about time we got some, you know, just 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 some grace. So shit, this shit is, is, is lovely. We caught Embiid not playing, you know, stay back in Philly for some knee issues. And a lot of Sixers fans were saying on social media, like, you know, if that would have been Embiid here in Memphis and Ben Simmons back at home, Sixers would have won this game. They're just not oh, wow. and not confident with Ben being that 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 one dog um without wow. Embiid there. So yeah, I saw some chatter about that online too. It's crazy. That, that is interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And once we go through the game, we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit. But I mean, yeah. I, I I can kind of buy that. Um, but but dude, every game we played, we have just mm-hmm. gotten luck. Like we've <laughs> people have been sitting out. The, even the Cavs. The only team really was the Lakers, but still they were missing KCP, KCP and Caruso and Caruso. Yep. Mm-hmm. So. Um, and, and, and moving forward, we got some good luck on the horizon uh, for the next week, too. But I'll save that for later. All right. Back to the Philly game. First quarter, Philly kind of jumped out and I'm like, oh, shit, like uh, mm-hmm. we're playing a good team. This is the first decent, decently talented team, even without two of their starters. Um, and I was like, oh, shit, like, have we just been fooled and, into thinking we were good and we just been mm-hmm. playing a bunch of scrubs and uh, which could could still happen down the line. Yeah. Um, but we had five steals in the first quarter. We started locking up after the first couple of minutes. Uh, but we couldn't fucking score, man. Philly has seven blocks. Uh, <laughs> you see, couldn't buy a shot in the first half, man. <laughs> I think it was one for nine in the first one half. <laughs> and Dylan wasn't much better. Um, yeah. but, but what kept us in it, like I said, was those five steals. Uh, mm-hmm. Philly had six turnovers in the first quarter alone. We had one turnover. Um, so when you have a team like the Grizzlies have that's not really good at offense and was missing John Morant. Uh, you have to take care of the ball, which we've been doing uh, all season. We're one of the best teams in the leagues at not turning it over. And then we play defense. And as I've been saying, you know, we're one of the best defensive teams in the league as it stands now. Um, and, you know, we'll see as our schedule gets tougher, how that, how that happens. And as we integrate guys back into the lineup, how our defense changes, but I, I think it's here to stay. What, Got me going as this game turned into the second quarter. You got Kyle Anderson and Jai in the game. So, you know, passes can happen anywhere. Mm-hmm. Get on a break. Kyle goes to the middle. And then you see Jai kind of get out wide on that left wing. And mm-hmm. Kyle's like, oh, shit, my boy is back. Crosses <laughs> it up. And Jai just goes and gets it and hammers it down. Yep. Again, that boy back. That boy like back. To see. Yes. That boy back. You know, when, when you have when you have a prize possession like a John Moran, I, I t- I'm going to – he's not a possession. Let me take that back. When you have a player like John Moran who you are able to watch uh, play for your favorite team and you're in a season, you're in the 12th game and you've only seen him play for two, but then he's back in that 12th game and he does something like that. And, and the team's been holding it together while he's out. And now mm-hmm. he's back and he's giving you that fucking spark. And, and after that. After that dunk, he scores like six straight, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm that motherfucker. I'm taking this game over." <laughs> he different, uh, man. Dude is different, man. <laughs> it, it is just so fun to be able to cheer for someone like John Morant. Yes, yes. He's immediately like you look at the exposure he brings, man, to this organization is unparalleled. Like immediately after that play, every highlight yeah. sports media outlet that I follow, it was, it was literally John. Like, he's back, 12 back, 12 back, 12 back, 12. I'm like, damn, this dude's a superstar. Like, he took the game over. Like, yeah. 
and, and we never looked back after that. The, and we mentioned D'Lo. You mentioned D'Lo earlier, who was just you know getting buckets, not making his teammates better. Ja impacts the game and makes those people around him that much better. Yep, he had, he had six assists to go along with his mm-hmm. 17 points in this one. And first game back, and in the post game interview, I'm not sure if you watched it, but he basically said like. Yeah, that shit was rough. Like I'm tired. <laughs> like I didn't feel like I had my my first step, my my quickness, anything. Oh, that's oh, that's a scary sight. I mean, and he, and he was off for just shy of three weeks. Yeah, so. he's not even at a hundred percent yet, man. He. Hey, maybe we need. Take off. Let's take this time. Hat tip, Grizz PR, because um they gave us a timeline <laughs> of three to five weeks. They did, and I believe Ja in fact beat that three weeks barely. So, hey, the times are changing, man. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. So, yeah, like I said, John John took that game over in the second quarter. He had the the layup where he comes across the lane dribbling with his left hand. One hands it, never touches it with his right hand. Scoop, layup. Dude, that shit was so nice. And just Man. the English on that thing and just the control to you do that with one hand. This dude's like 6'3", mm-hmm. 6'4". Six, six, yeah. It's not Kawhi Leonard. But <laughs> right. It, it, oh, my God. And then I mentioned him earlier, my, my new man crush, Xavier <laughs> Tillman. I mean, the guy comes in and defensively, it's like night and day between him and Valanchunas because oh. – Yes. In that pick and roll, like you're gonna have to work. You're not just walking into a little mm-hmm. midi. Mm-hmm. And then offensively, uh, he he's just always setting a good screen and is always available. He, yeah. he utilizes his quickness against the um, larger bigs. He can take people off the dribble. We saw him take uh, Dwight Howard off the dribble and yeah. yam that whole last night. Dude is a dude is a basketball player, man. He's a, he's a smart ass basketball player. Just small shit, like you mentioned, just being in the right place, setting proper screens. Like even even uh, in the, in that final play against Tobias, like knowing like okay, I'm gonna use the baseline as another defender. I'm gonna cut off. They, like literally, he had that man in no man's land, and it resulted in a fucking turnover. Like a uh, rookie. Yeah, low first round draft pick is producing. Second. Was he se- first? Was he second? Was he first? Shit, he might have been second. Fuck. Oh, then they signed him to the contract. Second round. Second. Yeah. Yes. Producing like this, this early in the season, late in crunch time, like you just, you just don't see that often. Like his basketball IQ is off the charts, um, and I think, I think his future is bright. Um, I think his future is very bright, and he, he knows who he is. Um, he knows how he can positively impact the game. Um, and I and I just love seeing him out there. To, to your point, like just I just love not seeing the pick and roll just being abused against us. Like maybe <laughs> yeah. being in mud, just yeah. stuck. Like it's uh, it's great to see. Flow game, flow game. JV, <laughs> <laughs> hug, move, dude. Like shit, big ass, bro. And you mentioned that last play against Tobias Harris. Um, and, and I guess to if you if our listeners didn't watch the game, the Grizzlies. Had a 14-point lead, and it was kind of 10 points most of the second half. And then in the fourth quarter, our, our buttholes got tight. We couldn't really score. Um, but also, the 76ers are a really good, talented team, and they kind of turned up the defense a little bit, um, started playing to to win the game instead of not lose. And they get within two after uh, Ja hits a free throw. And, and or no, this anyway, it's within two, and Tobias gets it. Comes across on the screen, Tillman switches, 
And in the post game on the radio, Tillman said, I didn't want to give up the mid range. I know he loves that shot. So one that tells you that he's either listening to the game plan that the coaches are giving him, or he's already just like in the film film room, like, Oh, Tobias likes this mid range. I know that Uh, probably a combination of the two because Mm -hmm. he's such a young guy. I mean, this is like his fifth game and he's talking about that type of stuff. And Tobias has nowhere to go and steps out of bounds, like dribbled out of bounds, like his controller lagged in 2K. Like, (laughs) that's not supposed to let me do that. Like, like, like it just, I mean, that's a 10 year vet dribbling out of bounds against a rookie. Um, So, yeah, defensively, you're not getting abused. He can switch on anyone, him and Brandon Clark. At times, Brandon Clark was guarding Ben Simmons. Um, and just really with the other defenders that we have, especially as they get healthy with Melton, Dylan Brooks, and then, uh, you know, whoever the point guard is, uh, usually job, but the defense is very versatile. Um, and they're willing defenders. Mm-hmm. They're active. Kyle Anderson is getting his hands on everything. We have four, four guys averaging over three deflections a game and, and, and that's ridiculous. Tyus being one of them. And, you know, you don't think of Tyus as actually being, you know, some lockdown defender, but he's a pest. Yeah. Thanks. And I mean, you, you think about that. If you got four guys averaging three deflections a game, that's 12 alone. That's 12 times someone passes it and they're like, fuck, like that's annoying. Like, uh-huh. you know? That's um, crazy, so man. They're, they're defending their asses off. Like, they, they really are hard as fuck. Bro, so so this is how much we were defending last night. The uh, the best player or the people who left Philly last night, Tobias, he had 21. Shake Milton, who's been on a tear, he had 28 yeah. after having 31 in the game before. And then yeah. Ben Simmons had 11 points, 16 rebounds, and nine assists. Well, between those three, they had 17 turnovers. Yeah, I saw Ben. Ben made some some egregious turnovers, like even late in the game, like – passes that probably shouldn't have been made. Um and I know I know Doc was Doc was hot. Um he felt like they threw the game away like literally via turnovers. Um yeah, so they they just, it wasn't uh it wasn't a good sight for them. Did did you catch this nugget on uh the last time Philly has won in Memphis? I saw that apparently we've beaten them like there's a streak going or something like that. December 2012 December 2000. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we, we think about the places where, <laughs> where we find yeah. it tough to win. Like Boston immediately comes to mind. Oh, uh, yes. Philly can't, if Philly can't get a win in Memphis, baby. Wow. To the That's so interesting. Damn. All right, man. Shit. I can't, I can't wait for the grindhouse to be popping, popping again. Right. Oh my God. It's going to be so fun. Man. Um, it, and it feels like we usually catch, catch Philly without one of their stars. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I've seen Embiid out here in the M. That's what I'm thinking. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it is what it is. We'll take the wins however we can get them. So sure. just to kind of wrap up the week, um, the lineup basically went from four bigs to three, took Gorgie out, which, uh, you know, appreciate you, Gorgie. You are playing well, but um, this lineup is working, and it's making us more modern, more versatile. Yeah. And, I mean, I – Rich, I'm at the point where I think Xavier Tillman is pushing to be a starter. Ooh. Is starting five. Okay. I think okay. he makes I think he makes this team that much better. Okay. And and, and you know I kind of been a little uh, on JV lately. Like he's expendable. Hey, you preach it to the choir, dog. 
So I, I mean, it is, it is not that JV's, uh, you know, a bad center. Um, he's average. That's that's what it is. Average. He's average. Like the the double doubles aren't enough. Like that doesn't like that's not equating to like the impact on the court. Like he's, it's just like you said. Like having X down there just opens up so much more. Um, it's, it's, it's so it's similar to, you know, Gorgie not being out of the rotation. I mean, JV is, you know, sometimes he misses some bunnies, man, but, uh, he, he's going to get you at least like 12 and 12 and 10, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and then he has those outlier games where it's like 24 and 16 or some shit like that. But yeah. I think, you know, JV is, is, is expendable. Um, in my, in my opinion, uh, I'm just curious to know like what his market around the league is. Like how do other, other franchises view him? Yeah, it's it's hard to find a team like who needs a big old school ass center who kind of gives empty stats. <laughs> like, yeah, I've seen people mention in Portland because they had some injuries, but I mean, Cantor gives them empty stats. Yeah, Cantor doesn't play defense. And Nurk's only out for two months. I, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think that really makes a lot of sense. Maybe the Wizards. Thomas Bryant's out for the season. This is true. Um, yeah, always call the Kings <laughs> just just to see what they think. <laughs> what's up? What's good? What y'all trying to do? Please come on. <laughs> That's a joke. That's a joke. Before y'all take it around with it, but yeah, man, I, I I just think Tillman makes this team that much better, and I know I know it's an overreaction because he's played like I said five or six games. Like his first game was whenever that Lakers game was. Yeah, but I really think his impact on the court, man. We'll, when he's in offensively, and, and now that Kyle's making threes, we kind of run that like the Bucks offense where Tillman catches it either right at the free throw line and people are just cutting and moving, or it's just completely five out and like there's no one to r- rotate over and stop Ja from driving. Um, so, man, I'm sorry. I'm just this chub down. I just got G's. <laughs> 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 hey, hey, the future is bright, man. We got two impact rookies that are viable contributors to the rotation. That's and dope as hell. We haven't even uh mentioned Desmond Bain yet today. Next. Uh sniper. It, sniper. Sniper shooting 50% from deep. Fucking crazy, bro. Hey, nine times out of ten, we shooting that hoe. If his feet are set, that bitch is going in. Like, yeah, like he's like if he actually had plays run for him and was coming off pin downs or coming off screens, like. I can't wait to see like the evolution of his game. And then, you know, we've seen him take some drives to the basket, finish through contact like a running back. Like, yeah. you know, Desmond got a bag too. Like, yeah. And last night we saw him hit the pump fake, one dribble, pull up mm-hmm. Jimmy, mm-hmm. Uh, which, you know, for a shooter is essential to have if you yeah. want to be more than just someone that they can run off the line and, and not worry about scoring after that. Yeah. Um, those two guys, and, and every time they're on the court, good things seem to happen. Mm-hmm. Yep, like, they yeah. never look lost. They never seem rattled out of place mm-hmm. at all. Like like Bain's got some work to do on his ball handling, but so does Melton. So does yeah. everyone. So does Dylan Brooks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So and, and I think the thing right now is Bain's not getting as many minutes as most people want. Um, instead, those minutes are going to are being split kind of between him, Grayson Allen, and DeAnthony Melton. Yeah, Milton's not getting as many minutes as I want. I think he's averaging around like 18 a game. Mm. Uh, but here's the thing. Those other minutes are going to Grayson Allen, and he just started making shots. <sighs> not a bad problem to have, have right? a good problem <laughs> to have, man. <laughs> Shit, like that's, if you got a motherfucker contributing, like, 
Shit, that's a great problem to have. I mean, I remember when we were on this on this pod a few years back arguing whether Tyler Dorsey needed to be re-signed. Like, <laughs> come on. Like, come on. <laughs> like, all, three of, all three of them are contributing. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they bring you different things. Obviously, Grayson and Bain bring you the spacing where Melton just brings you unmatched energy. So, intangibles you can't really teach, just impact and winning. And, and the chemistry with, you know, Tyus and, and some of the other guys, too, from last year. So, yeah, um, D-Mail Def got to work on the ball handling for sure. Like, it, I hate to see him dribble. Man. So, so, so how are you feeling about the like how these minutes are being distributed right now? Do you think Grayson should be getting less and Bain more, Melton more? I mean, I think it's just such a tough decision. Like you mentioned, like, I mean, you know, the Grizz picked up the the tender on Grayson's contract. So I know they want to kind of see what they have in him. They re-signed Melton this summer. Or, or they're dangling him. Or they're dangling him. That's that's a good point, too, because, I mean, they re-signed Melton. They invested in Melton. So we yeah. know Melton's here for the foreseeable future. Um, and Bain was their first-round pick who they traded up to grab. It's clear that they want Melton, I mean, Bain, to also be a part of this core moving forward. Um, if anyone's minutes were to be slashed in a way, I mean, I love how – you know, Grayson is shooting it, but it, it would be Grayson. Um, just and nothing personal, you know, nothing personal. I just really love, you know, what D Melt brings to the court. And also, I just feel like we have a rookie who's ready to go right now. Like he's yeah. ready to be on the floor and contribute. Um, and to your point of of dangling uh Grace, I didn't even think about that. Like that hadn't even crossed my mind. So I mean, yes, yeah, it's, it's clear that they're trying to, you know, they envision him. As the, as the shooter, like Jaws always in his comments on IG, like shooter, shooter, shooter. Yeah. So they want him to be be that that knockdown shooter who's opening up the floor for the Grizz. Um, it's just, you know, is is that something Grayson can do consistently on a on a steady basis? Um, we don't know. And, and that is one thing I'm interested to see him with Ja, because we haven't got to see a whole lot of that uh, mm-hmm. in the bubble we did. And Grayson was awesome. So is he going to be a 50 percent three point shooter with jaw? And and in which case you can make the argument for him playing, you know, 18 minutes a game. Um, If he's going to come in and get you nine points uh, and and create that spacing. But, you know, Bain has done nothing but play well, too. And and I really like what Melton brings to the table. Um, So this week, um, MVP of the week, probably goes to Brandon Clark. He averaged 15 and 8 through the three games. Yeah. Valanciunas 15 and 10, but that is so surprising to me because it seems like Brandon Clark was so much better this yeah. week. Everywhere. Brandon was hooping. Brandon was hooping hard. And then uh Grayson averaged 13 points and 50% from downtown. Til- Tillman averaged 12 points and uh Kyle, I mean he might as well have been like five five five. He he did everything. Okay. Dylan, after the Cavs game, he struggled to score, but this is this is where I'm taking the positive when other people are looking at the negatives is Dylan struggled to score, shot bad, um, and really just didn't have great Dylan games, but he didn't shoot us out of the games. Mm-hmm. He didn't cause us to lose those games. Yeah. So that, that's where I'm seeing progress in Dylan. Yeah, he made some nice passes in the first time in Minnesota. He made some great passes, some great finds. Um, so Dylan, you know, he's – that that's different, you know. That wasn't the case two, three years ago. Um, and so, you know, shout out, shout out to Dylan. I mean, yeah, like you said, he he wasn't doing anything to shoot us out of the game, have us lose the game, and that's progress from him. And now we'll see how he integrates back into, oh yeah, not not being the focal point. Big dog back, big dog back. 
So, and that doesn't mean that he's not going to, you know, that, that Dylan's going to shoot three shots a game. Like he's going to get 12, 13. Cause yeah. we his teammates to, have confidence in him. Like if they, 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 yeah. with him. And his teammates seem to love him, you know, yeah. it's funny because he's so polarizing amongst the fan base. Yeah, uh, the team, they, they love him. Rightfully so. I mean, anytime you kind of have those guys, like I, I feel like if we were to get rid of Dylan Brooks, we would be trying to trade for someone like Dylan Brooks for the next five years. Um, mm. So that's why I'm not willing to run him out of town. And yeah. and, and I like what he brings. Um, yeah. Just to wrap up, wrap up the week, uh, plus minus leaders, Bain. Plus nine on the week. Man. Tillman plus seven. That's rookie class. Melton plus six. So that's two of the guys we're saying need more minutes. One guy I'm calling for to start. And yeah. great Grayson plus five, who's battling with those other guys. <laughs> like, so putting the fucking pressure on Jenkins. Good luck, like, Jenkins. Good luck, Jenkins. Shit, and that's man. what you want. That's why yeah. you coach these guys. You gotta make these decisions, bro. You want everyone ready to go when their number is called. And and honestly, that's why we're winning games right now. This team is locked the fuck in. They're playing hard. Um, not always making shots, but making positive impacts when they're on the court. Mm-hmm. Couple season stats. Uh, the Grizzlies are sixth in the league in defensive rating. First in the league in steals. We've allowed the fewest second chance points. Wow. We ourselves are third in second chance points scored. We're second in fast break points scored and points in the paint, and we're fourth in assists per game. Damn. Take those numbers, you know, with a grain of salt because (laughs) did you see the the thing I retweeted earlier in the week? It was the power rankings. I think it was ESPN, and it it said the Grizzlies had the toughest schedule. (laughs) I was like, you you must not have, like, analyzed. Yeah, you didn't really break. You just looked at the team name. Yeah, (laughs) it's just, like, not market size because, like, have you seen us, like – the luck we had, but you know, what the Grizzlies, we ain't you know shedding no tears for no one. We have had no injury luck. Um, Man. so it is what it is. We lace them up just like y'all, and whatever hey. five on the court, that's who plays. Does it? Um, but our our offensive rating, according to cleaning the glass, is 27th in the league to that uh fourth best defense. So but we've had Dylan Brooks and Kyle Anderson leading the offense, man. Like what, what do you expect? We're lucky it wasn't yeah. fucking 30. We really? I mean, we're not healthy right now. We're getting back there. Yeah, you know, no. I mean, fucking even, even Tilly and Tilly is, is probable now. Like, so oh. whatever was going on with him, you know, he's probable now. So he's close. Um, interested to see what he has. Um, whoever yeah. the fuck that is. Yeah. I was like, them Gonzaga games come on too late at night. I can't, you know what I'm saying? I ain't get to watch it. But then, you know, you got JJJ, you got Jaron Justice and Jonte. You know what's up? I, I mean, I don't even know what the fuck's going on with Jonte ass. Like uh, <laughs> some more vague ass shit, but you know, we still got some reinforcements coming, and that's that's something to say. So yeah, that's it man. Shout out to this. Shout out to the organization for real, for real. All right, so that's the week that was Grizzlies currently sitting at six and six in NBA news. Uh, NBA announced new protocols, and basically the main takeaways I had were. Uh, at first, when the guys were on the road, they could have up to two guests in their room. Now they can't. Um, and now they basically can't go out to the restaurants that were on this preferred dining list. Any thoughts on that? I mean, man, it's it's it's, it's, it's tough. You know, this is a, a time for immense sacrifice um, because this thing is real. I mean, as somebody who's, whose family has been personally affected by this virus, like it's just – 
it's it's not over. You know what I mean? And I think, you know, the league is they're doing the best that they can to to keep the season chugging along and not have these players isolated in a bubble again, because I don't think any player really truly enjoyed that experience being away from their families for that long. Um, you know, yes, when you hear it, it's like, damn, like that's that's really tough and that sucks. Like, but the league, I mean, it, it kind of has to do this. You know what I mean? Like it's you they're trying to salvage this season. Um, and it, and it's not like, you know, we hear about the chatter. You 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 spoke to George Hill earlier, who came out with a very like strong, staunch stance um against this. Um, but I mean it was George Hill. Like he be talking about LeBron, like like bro. I get it, George. I'm going like George. Nobody like, come on, bro. I'm I'm still not over him missing the free throws in Cleveland like two years ago. Who don't want, who don't want that smoke? Um, but it's it's it it must be done. You know what I mean? Um, we see these numbers, we see these cases. I mean, you you out there on the West Coast, so I know you know firsthand what this shit is doing. You know, day in and day out, and you know we we get to selfishly continue to watch a game that we love and see players, you know. Uh, perform and play the game that they love. Um, and I think the league is just trying to ensure that they can continue on as safely as possible um, with as, as many minor, um, you know, the, the postponements are, are suck. But the thing about basketball is it's not as daunting as football, whereas shit, this is the one game this week. We got to find a way to get this in basketball. You're throwing shit in. That's why the flexibility was done. They released the schedule in halves. You know, the second half, they can throw shit in, make things happen. Um but, you know, they're doing what they can. Um, and this is what it might have to be for the foreseeable future. Yeah. And, and and initially it sounds harsh, but I don't I don't think it's really that much different than what everyone in America is being asked to do right now. Um, yeah. Even at, at my job, if I if I go out of town or something, I'm, I'm supposed to quarantine for 10 to 14 days. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, it sucks. I understand if you go out of town, you want to see your family, but it's just too much of a risk right now. It, it's not talking about your immediate family, you know, mm-hmm. if it's your right. wife, kids and stuff, you get to see them. If you need right. to go to the store to buy a Gatorade, you can do that. Right. You uh, can FaceTime your cousin. Like you don't have yeah. to see your second cousin. You FaceTime your cousin. I, I think initially it sounds like, oh, these guys can't leave their hotel rooms, but mm-hmm. basically they can do what um, we, us in the West Coast can do because nothing's open. Like <laughs> if you need to go to the grocery store, you can do that, but uh, you, you can't go sit down in a restaurant and, Really, that's about it. Definitely no clubs or anything yeah. um, out here. So uh, so underground parties, if, if you're into catching COVID and being super spreaders, that type of yeah. shit. But um, all right. Around the league, big news. James Harden dealt to Brooklyn, um, played his first game with Kevin Durant. No Kyrie Irving yet. Man. Um, and, and he had the triple-double first, first game with his new team. I think that was the first time in NBA history, 40-point yeah. triple-double. He lost 40 pounds overnight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So, so that's a good segue. Where do you buy the theory that Harden uh, basically trashed his image with Houston or, or whatever, you know, didn't show up and then looked out of shape and then was basically throwing the ball out of bounds during the mm-hmm. game, pissing John Wall and Boogie off. And uh, Kyrie goes on this little sabbatical and tanks his trade value. So Houston won't request him in the trade because who wants someone who's not going to show up? Mm-hmm. Uh, where, where do you stand on this conspiracy theory that these guys worked uh, in co- co- cahoots to basically make this trade happen? So I will say I'm not too sure about the Kyrie, Kyrie aspect being a major player in that. 
But I will say that I think James definitely sabotaged his way out of Houston. Um, yeah. Uh, my my pops lives in Houston, so we've been talking about it, you know, ad nauseum extensively. And it's just, you know, you've seen, I'm sure, the clips of the passes and, you know, we know how to, like, contort our bodies a little bit. You know what I mean? He could suck his gut in or something. But, like, this dude showed up looking like like doughy a little bit. You know what I mean? And, you know, I know black is slimming. It's fitting. You know, everybody knows that little trick. Um, but dude looks felt out there last night. Like he was he looked like James Harden. Um, and it, it, it's just crazy. It's a crazy situation. Um, I knew the trade was going to happen. I knew it was going to get done. I'm not going to lie. Selfishly, I wanted to see him in Philly. I thought that deal was on the table. I thought that Maxie Simmons and Tybal was the best package for the Rockets to receive back for him uh, from Philly. But, you know, Brooklyn acted. Um, KD and him had conversations this summer about teaming up. And, you know, here we are. This this dude is a Brooklyn net. It's going to take some getting used to, um, seeing first and foremost, but also integrating Kyrie back in. I mean, this shit is either going to be amazing or it's going to be a shit show. I don't think there's any in between. I don't think this deal was done for first and second round exits. Like, this is a not even conference finals. I mean, this is a fight. Like, Brooklyn mortgages their future again. They've already done this once with the, with the old ass iterations of KG, Paul Pierce, Darren Williams, and, and fucking uh, Joe Johnson. But, you know, they've done it again. And, you know, they have three uber-talented offensive players who are, you know, theoretically still in their prime. Um, KD and Kyrie have have history playing together. Um, but, you know, that depth is going to be an issue. And I think somebody said they have, like, three open roster spots. So I'm curious to see, you know, how Brooklyn feels that bench out. And and Godspeed to Steve Nash, dude. Like, cause, yeah. <laughs> good luck, bro. <laughs> I think you're absolutely right. We we can't sit sit up here last year and say that the Clippers were championship or bust and not say that this Nets team is championship or bust because they are. And, and so when people are skeptical on the Nets, it's not that they're skeptical that they're not going to make the second round of the playoffs. Like, obviously, that would be fucking awful yeah. for that team if that didn't happen. Yeah. It's, this team is supposed to be in the finals playing the Lakers or the Lakers. Clippers. That's it. Um, and if they're not, then it was a failure. Mm-hmm. The reality is that all three of these guys after next season have player options. Their destinies mm-hmm. are in their own hands. Brooklyn has mortgaged their future. We'll see if it works. I'm skeptical because of the defense, but mm-hmm. they won their first game by scoring over 120 points. They scored 122. The Orlando Magic, not necessarily renowned world beaters, scored 118. Um, so that's the issue. Who's guarding? Yep. Who's guarding Giannis? Who's guarding AD? Who's guarding anyone with some size or just determination to get to the rim? Yeah, and they um, got to start with the notion that DeAndre Jordan is this all-world rim protector because no, yeah. y'all traded your best rim protector, Jared Allen, to fucking Cleveland. Yeah. So, uh, all right, we got about thirty seconds left. Uh, this this is airing on Dash Radio on Monday, so the MLK Day game will have already happened. Um, the Grizzlies are honoring Ray Allen, Kenny the Jet Smith, and WNBA player from the Los Angeles Sparks, and Yeka Ogubike? Oh, Okongu, uh, Chime. Yeah, okay. And uh, so so they're honoring them, and the sy- symposium will air before the game on Fox Sports Live. Check that out on the Fox Sports Go app uh, if you need to. Um, and Rich, any thoughts on the MLK Day game? About 15 seconds. Yeah, man, just just looking forward to it. I mean, I hope Phoenix is, you know, ready to go. I hope they're fully, you know, rostered out and looking forward to see the Grizz on national television. Uh, once again, hopefully, you know, the, the nation can get to see what we've seen from this team so far 
uh, on our broadcast. Uh, but hey, it's the big stage. You know, y'all likes the big lights. So, hey, please don't get canceled. Hope the Suns are healthy and uh, we can make it through this next week. We play the Blazers and Kings. Blazers missing CJ and Nurk. Let's get it. Let's get it, man.